Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you listen in order to understand others. This week's guest is Nick Kimball, who is advocating for civics education courses to be taught in New Jersey schools. And on top of that, he started his own business selling custom watches. I'm super excited to share our conversation with you. So without further ado, let's get started. Yeah, my name is Nick Kimball. I'm from New Jersey, and I've been able to start up and work with Civic Wave. It's a nonprofit organization that's leading legislative change in the state of New Jersey that's trying to push for civic education courses and classes to be taught for public school students. And also outside of that, on the weekends, every Sunday, I host discussions in my local town of Edison to inform people about our government and how things are changing. That's a great introduction, Nick. I'm so excited to be talking with you and would love for you to tell me a little bit more about your legislative work in New Jersey. What are some of the issues that you've seen in the state's education system that you feel need to be changed? Yeah, so definitely to add on to that is in New Jersey, when it comes to our public school system, is there is no requirement for civic education courses whatsoever. There's no requirement to have a student even sign up to understand more about what's happening in their own hometown and what's happening with the people around them, with their families and their friends. And so really the push that we're trying to do is we're not trying to be an agenda where it's like left or right or wing. We're really just trying to make sure people are politically active, that they're active in their communities, because ultimately we believe that the way that we act as individuals ultimately helps the way that we act as community members and civic engagement and hopefully become more involved in a positive way. Definitely. Yeah, thank you for that background. So what or maybe who inspired your passion for education? How did you get to this point of advocating for education reform? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have been a part and participated in a lot of clubs that were pretty politically active, like Junior Save America, Maldi Wen, Mock Trial, that type of stuff. So I'm really that type of kid. But one of my teachers, she had advisors, she's also a teacher, she talked to me about it after class because she started hosting conversations with students about misconceptions about our political system, like corruption, historical, and things of that nature. And then I was like, wow, all these kids have the same mentality that I do. What if I open this up to more people? Let's see how that goes. And so I had a few friends at some neighboring schools. I had contact to them if they wanted to join up. Some of them are also college students. So they were able to get all their college peers involved and it's just been going pretty well so far. That's a great story. So I also saw that you talked on a panel hosted by Conversationalist about education and suicide prevention. Can you tell me some about how you connected those topics and what you discussed in the panel? Yeah, during the panel, I know exactly what you mean. We kind of really intertwine more of the negative stigma when it comes to education, today's climate, where in the States and a lot of Western schools is it's just competition. You're nearly just the number that you're grading students on a number, but that doesn't really reflect who they are as a person. But let's say a student was to get a lower tier grade, you know, a C, a D, or even F. Let's say they try their hardest or they're that type of student where they're still trying to make improvements. This can do a lot of negative effects to how they perceive the entire educational system and ultimately how they perceive themselves. 
I know in my school, unfortunately, as of last year, we did have three suicides due possibly to um, educational factors. But it's just understanding that in today's world that we can really come together. And education doesn't even have to be hard, too. That's another thing is you can actually enjoy being in school. You can enjoy being with your friends and you can also enjoy the lessons, you know, especially with 21st century technology that we've all been accustomed to with Zoom and doing things like this is I know personally myself, I love doing this. I love interacting with other people. So if I was just to watch a video all day, I'm not a fan of that, but I love this. And it's just trying to figure out which learning style works best for students so that they're never put in a situation where they feel defeated and deflated and they feel as if they're not worthy to put in more effort and to get better. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Along those lines, what are some of the biggest issues you've noticed in the American education system? And what changes would you like to see so that students can maybe enjoy school a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. When I think of it, it's kind of the gap between the student and the concept. So it really comes down to the lines between the subject that a student may love, or let's say a student doesn't even know what they love yet. But ultimately, there's things that they're, there are passions that they're driven by. And the thing of school is sometimes there's so many different ways you can steer. You know, there's so many different options. But for an individual student, you may want to go a different path, maybe not even go to college, maybe you want to do something completely different. And fortunately enough that living in the US, you can really make a job out of nearly anything that produces enough value for other people. So I think the educational system, the solution is to teach students how to be of value to the people around them, to themselves, to their friends, to their family. And I think that's going to be really the biggest solution, but how to do so. I know, especially for um, New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, and a lot of East, East Coast schools, is that it really starts with the, with the relationship between a student, the teacher, and then the administration. It really comes between that kind of like that line hierarchy. I'm not really sure how it works on the West Coast, but yeah, that's how it works a bit over here. Yeah, I really like that thinking. It was pretty similar at my schools growing up as well. And I think engagement really is key to show kids that there's more to school than just grades. I saw an interview that you did when you talked about the importance of listening. I'd love to talk to you about that. Why do you find listening to be such an important piece in your activism? Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you liked that interview too, by the way. I know for me, listening's definitely been, a, I haven't been the best listener, I guess. So, but I have been familiar with some of the work of um, Simon Sinek, an author. And one of the things that he really brings up is to, in order to really truly understand someone else, understand a situation, you have to listen and thoroughly understand what's being said and told to you. So especially in our political system is sometimes there's there's issues in terms of translation. Even though we're speaking the exact same language, it could be a matter of word choice or something emotionally makes you upset about how someone looks. So you completely forget what they've been able to say. But the thing about truly listening to the words, listening to how someone's interacting with you, it can help you understand them better and understand that unfortunately enough, you guys may have the exact same goal in mind. Because ultimately, even if you look at our political system, ultimately everyone kind of has the same goal. They want the best thing for themselves their friends, their family, but it's truly just a difference of which route is the best one to take. That's a great point, because I don't think we see as much listening as we probably should in today's political climate, but I totally agree with that point. Now I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about your business. Tell me some about that project. Uh, Eterno Co. is my watch for a company, and it's something that I started when I was a sophomore in high school with a close friend of mine. We had both been pretty into entrepreneurship. We'd watched a lot of videos and things of that nature, but we really weren't sure of what to do. He was really big into fashion. Myself, my fashion style was kind of lacking, but <laughs> I've always really been into watches since I was in middle school. I love all watch forums and 
really the ability to craft in manufacturing. That's really been a big fan of mine. So when I actually started, I used to actually help make the watches and things of that nature. My grandfather had that skill set, so he had the opportunity to teach me. But when it came to our school, a lot of students, they already had, I go to public school, by the way, so you can wear anything you truly want. And so a lot of students already had, you know, the nice, you know, t-shirt, you know, the nice pants, but they really needed a extra accessory to really elevate their outfit. So we started off with recommending to a few friends to wear a watch. And I was fortunate enough that one of those really popular students at my school played football. He was a captain and a lot of people looked up towards him for like style. So he happened to wear the watch. He really loved it. And from there, everyone at school just started really wearing it. And this is also around the time where it was prom season, as a lot of people may know, near May. And so that also expanded to another neighboring high schools, too, because there's about four high schools near my area. So I'm also really fortunate and lucky that that also happened, too. And then the thing that makes our watch product kind of different is it's customizable. So we make sure that it's different for each person. So some people may try to look for a different color, something crazy like a blood red. And some other people, it may just be having their name engraved or it's possibly having a number to symbolize a date and time. So that's really what we try to provide is we give individuals the opportunity to create their own timepiece. That's such a cool project. I really admire your commitment to your activism and your business. And I'm so excited to ask you the signature question that I have for all of my guests. Lots of young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world, but they may not know where to get started. Do you have any words of wisdom that you want to share with these young people? Uh, words of wisdom. <laughs> well, my personal mantra has always been to really start small and then get gradually bigger. So I know for a lot of the things I really started with was expanding and also do it in a team setting. You know, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. So that's really been the concept that I've really loved and has really worked for me is if you have a close friend or maybe they're not even close, maybe they're people you don't even truly know, but they may share the same vision, the same viewpoint, the same ideology, that if you're able to have them with you, they're also going to give you a different perspective of how to get something done. So becoming more civically active is first, I would say, be around people that have the same view as you. They may have a different way of getting there, but they can also help you and you guys can bounce off ideas and then you guys can get creative from there. And then secondly is kind of what we hit on before in the interview was listening, you know, making sure that you truly understand what people are saying. You're not just think you're not just listening to people to give them a reaction. You're truly listening to them to understand and so that you can expand a bit and then go a lot further from there. I know Nick is going to do great things in maybe business or maybe politics. There's so many opportunities out there for him because of his solid outlook on life. His advice about starting small and then working on bigger things was great, but I especially loved his advice about taking the time to listen and to understand other people. We don't stop to listen to people enough, especially to people we don't agree with. Nick's definitely got the right idea because he recognizes that change comes when you listen in order to understand others. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Nick on Instagram at Nick Kimball, and you can follow Civic Wave at Civic Wave on Instagram as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.